We're delighted to announce the return of the Office Management Show, which is our twice yearly event taking place on Thursday the 28th of September in London. I'm so sorry to anybody that listens internationally. I wish I could get you all here. But this is an exhibition and conference that we hold for office management professionals. And we would love for you to be there if you can join us. It takes place throughout the day from 9.30 to 5.30. You can come along at any time, meet with me and the team, connect with other office managers maybe there'll be listeners of the pod as well you might even meet some of our previous podcast guests um, join in on the cpd accredited seminars yeah there's so much to do so much to to grab from the event to connect learn and enjoy so register for your free tickets more information is at www.theofficemanagementgroup.com forward slash the hyphen show and we really hope to welcome you then This is the Office Manager Diaries, a podcast all about the highs and the lows of professionals in office management around the world. We'll delve into their career journeys and diaries where they'll share their stories, tips for success and only things office managers understand. Enjoy and please remember to give us a follow. Hi everybody, it's Hannah Gray back with another episode of the Office Manager Diaries podcast and we are going a little bit north to me today. We have got Jackie Corbett who is the Regional Estates Manager at Shoesmiths in Birmingham on the pod. Hi Jackie. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on. We were just chatting off air because I'm in a, it's very hot today. This is Uh, the week of this crazy heat wave and it's about 30 degrees and I'm sitting in my bedroom absolutely sweltering and Jackie is in a proper professional podcast studio which we're going to talk about a little bit more later on I'm sure with this office move project that Jackie's done but thank you so much for being on I'm slightly jealous of your air-conditioned room right now I have to say (laughs) it is nice and cool in here yeah (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Luckily, our guests cannot see us on video, certainly not me, because I am a sweaty mess right now. So this is <laughs> this is good. It's just audio only. But yeah, thank you so much for giving up your time. And you've just told me you've had a really busy week. So I do very much appreciate it. And the fact that you've only just had a lunch break for the first day today. So, <laughs> so straight on in. So you have got a fairly big role there. Can you tell us more about your role and how you got into this profession in the first place, please, Jackie. Yep. So the role that I've got here at Shoesmiths, I'm the regional estates manager. So I look after Birmingham and Nottingham. So it's the yeah the Midlands, West Midlands. I started off here covering maternity, actually. And I, as soon as I came here, I thought, right, this is where I want to stay. You know, it's a law firm that the, the people here are amazing. Um, and I do anything and everything, whether that's, you know, from day to day, looking after people, making sure my team, who I couldn't be without, you know, they they do the, you know, the lion's share of everything. We have clients coming in every day uh, to see our lawyers. So we just make sure that they get the five-star service. We do all the health and safety, whatever people want, whatever our staff want, we're there to to give it give it to them as best that we can and it's the fun stuff as well like Christmas parties quiz nights whether it's making sure that we pick the decent pick and mix for the for the office and the savory snacks that's always the important one and sometimes making sure people are fed which is actually what brings in the uh it brings people into the office nowadays especially after covid yeah is it's that bribing uh, pick and mix tell me more is this is this like a jar that you 
fill with pick and mix or is it an actual pick and mix that they can go and pick so we have jars of pick and mix yeah so we've got normally we've got three jars of pick and mix and then since moving to 103 where we are now we decided that um lots of people said we love the pick and mix but it'd be really nice to have savory so we do we have like um yeah like three pick and mix and a, and a couple of uh like the sweets and then and then the savory options as well which always goes down well and if people are in the office a lot then we say to them right come and have a look at this uh we you know on the website that we book it from and i'm like pick your favorite sweets what do you like so we we make sure that you know and people really like that it's like christmas comes early to them when they get to pick the uh pick the sweets <laughs> it's hilarious isn't it but i i still get excited when i see client offices that i go to and i'm like Oh, look at your fridge. Oh, wow, look at all these treats you've got. And I was the one that used to, used to arrange all that. But it is, it's a nice incentive, isn't it, to get people in, as you say. And, it, and the food, yeah. food talks to everybody, whether you're a sweet or savoury person, you're a vegan or a carnivore or whatever, food talks yeah. to everybody. So it is a great way to get people in. So, yeah, so how did you get into the profession then, leading on from that? Well, in my 20s, I started working as abroad and I ended up being a nanny. And you're probably thinking, what's that got to do with what I do now? It's very, very similar. You know, looking after people, making sure that they're safe, telling them to tidy up and uh, and organising parties. Only now I'm doing that for 300 lawyers and PAs as opposed to, you know, a, a family. <laughs> it, it, I can see where you're going there. It's incredibly <laughs> similar, isn't it? It's the, it's the mum, nanny, daddy of the office still. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you've got, I think you've got to have that, that caring attitude I've had in in all of those those roles you know it's very much nurturing um when I when I came back to the UK when I was about 30 I thought right I want an easy nine to five Monday to Friday job because nannying you can be up till you can you can be doing six days a week you know and quite often you won't finish till quite late so I thought I need you know I want to come back put some roots here and you know just like settle down a bit and so I started working for a company on their reception which was great and it was about 100 140 people in that office there was myself and the office manager there was just the two of us looking after after the floor there so I got to learn quite a bit of her role she was away quite a lot so I kind of picked up her role and I kind of learnt on the job and then she moved on she moved down south actually so then I became the office manager and it was from, yeah, pretty much learning on the job, asking people for help when I needed it. You know, if I needed help with the, like invoices or where to send them or if I wasn't sure what to do with something, I would pick up the phone to somebody in another office and I'm like, I'm really sorry, how do I do this? That's how I got into it. And then after about nine years I was there, they had a restructuring. I became regional there area manager they called it we all have different it's all there's it's one big umbrella with lots of different names isn't it <laughs> absolutely the titles is crazy crazy aren't they because I've been head of facilities head of operations office manager head of office manager you know all sorts yeah but I'm essentially doing the same thing most of the time yeah yeah but um I was regional for a while there and then they did a restructuring and I chose to take redundancy there and I thought, right, I'm going to have a little bit of time to see, actually, do I want to do this? Is this something that I really want to do? Do I want to be an office manager or do I want to do, do something else? It didn't take me long to realise, actually, this is what I want to do. I love the fact that I can't sit down and finish one job before something or somebody comes over to me. I like the reactive role. 
you know, I'm very much like that. I think it's part of, part of my personality as well. My, my concentration span is not the same as those of the lawyers that I see sit and concentrate on, you know, papers for hours and hours and hours. I can't do that. I'm like a little, like a social butterfly around the office. And I think that's, that's what helps me in the role. <laughs> I would absolutely agree. I, I, I procrastinate quite a, a lot. My personality is probably similar to you and maybe most office managers where yeah. if I have to do a piece of work, like, especially if it's client work, I really have to get myself in the, in the brain state to mentally focus on that work and you know I will do it and I've been doing it for years and years but it you know I need to prepare things like make sure I've got a full glass of water make sure my phone is on do not disturb so that no one can make sure my emails are off I have to set these things so that I can really focus for that hour two hours or whatever it might be on that task because I think like you I've been brought up in this office management world where you learn as you go you learn on the job I was going to say it's very British of us, isn't it, to say to pick up the phone to somebody and say, I'm sorry to ask, but <laughs> for all our international listeners probably thinking, yeah, that's so British to apologize. You know, the Americans would be like, I need your help. <laughs> and we're like, I'm really sorry. Could you help me? It's such a different approach. But it is it is that it it is trying to find people that you can lean on and that can support you in your role and yeah um you you are just your door is constantly knocked on and you're constantly interrupted in these roles so I quite like that element as well where you you feel helpful I think as well as part of it would you agree yes definitely definitely I remember when um when I chose the redundancy I thought right I was I was in the middle of moving well I was I bought a house chose redundancy and also booked a holiday in the same week um <laughs> that was quite a week I was like right okay I've got a lot going on and I decided to, I thought right yeah I'll have a few months off and you know just smooth everything over with the house move and everything and and then the agency that I was working with that used to get me the roles in the past they said well this this is temp role and they said it's not what you normally do and it was data entry and I was like no it will bore me and they told me which firm it was and I was like okay I'll go there because I know that they're a good company I used to fall asleep in the afternoon after I'd had my lunch because it was so boring, but I also, and I, you know, some people love it, don't they? Because they can sit there all day and look at the same thing. But I actually found it was really hard. I found it really difficult to not have people come up to me and tap me on the shoulder saying, have you got this? Or do you know where this is? And I think that helped me realize actually I do want to be bothered all the time. I, I'll need people, I'm, you know, I like being needed and I like being helpful. <laughs> And it, and it's it is the trait of office managers. It is that that supportive, empathic, um, go to person that's the heart and soul. So yeah, I think that's right. But I'm the same as you. I couldn't. It's the monotonous tasks I cannot bear. I love the variety, the diversity, the the interaction, like you say, socially, the social butterfly element that you mentioned. Yeah, all of that is what makes the role enjoyable for people like us I think and probably a lot of our listeners as well so yeah so somebody that doesn't know the brand what are Shoesmiths you've mentioned that they're lawyers but what what exactly do they do how do they help people so yeah so Shoesmiths are a, a law firm we've got about 13 offices they do they've got many different branches our divisions are um, real estate so we've got some major companies where we help like shops and thing retail companies secure what they need to secure from a legal perspective we've got advisory services so that might be kind of like private clients we do a bit of ne medical negligence as well so as well as businesses we also do have that branch corporate is one of our divisions they 
do so if there's a company that's that aren't doing so well and they might be going into liquidation we've got a team that will make sure that the staff get what they should get and you know they'll make sure that those transitions are, are done as fairly as as they can be and then of course there's business services which is us <laughs> and we do we, we do all the uh, internal and, and greeting all the external clients yeah, yeah. One, Shoesmiths have won lots of awards, and they're uh, yeah, they're really becoming big in the in the legal in the legal sector. So yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see in the in the growth as well. So you have let's talk about it while while we tap onto that area. You have just completed this amazing office move and fit out. I've seen some photos today, um, that were shared online, and I am desperately trying to get back up to Birmingham and and come and see you. But it was an office move and a fit out project. You've mentioned you've got sort of 300 staff there. Tell us about the project and what that was like for you and also how you manage that in and amongst your day job. Because when we get these projects as office managers, that it's not stop doing that bit of your job and just focus on the, the project. It's do it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it started off two years ago, I think, when we, we went round. It was the hottest day of the year. So it was the August, a couple of years ago, hottest day of the year. There were a couple of buildings. This building was still being built. So we were having to wear all the high vis. And there are some fabulous, absolutely fabulous buildings around the Birmingham city centre. Uh, so there was some great choices. But as soon as we came to 103, there was the highest office space in Birmingham, which has got amazing views. And it's on the best street in Birmingham. If you, you know, Colmore Row is the best is the best place to have a have a business if you want to be known if you want to be somebody in Birmingham then uh, you know if you want your business to be known then this is the place to be as soon as we came to the building we were like yep that's that's the one that we want so I was involved in that from the very start we then had um, a couple of businesses tender three three people tender for to do the design and build uh, so following on from that there, there was then like a whole year of, of planning and what we wanted to do, what we actually did was with the 300 staff, we got cohorts. We asked every single staff member what they liked currently, what they didn't like currently, what they would like to see and what would entice them back. What's going to make you want to come to the office? We had about nine pages of that, which we then shared with the designers. We had weekly meetings with them on site. And yeah, we, and it just kind of grew from there. And I'm, I am happy to say that some of my ideas have been put in into the uh which is really nice because you know I was with uh we've got two uh fabulous heads of office we've got one who does the external projects and one who does the internal you know both are partners both are amazing ladies they really really are very empowering which is which is really nice their vision is how this space is work-wise and managing wise I'm not gonna lie it was exciting it was a great learning curve mentally sometimes I would wake up in a panic because especially when when it had all been designed and when the you know the teams were on site building I would wake up and think oh, what about this what if this doesn't work and what if that doesn't work or or what if I'd forgotten about something and and it's all going to be you know and it's delayed because of I've forgotten something you, you know I really did have that element of responsibility and it was such a big thing the office was updated, like, you know, the office staff were updated on it. And it was, you know, it was it was a huge responsibility, even though it wasn't my full responsibility. You do you do feel that. And I think that's part of the office management role as well, isn't it? You, you feel responsible for everybody else's happiness <laughs> and safety, you know. Um, 
so I had I did have some sleepless nights and I think over those two years I realized that I'd got certain friends that wake up early so actually they knew that if I messaged them at six o'clock in the morning and I just said hey they knew that I, I needed to just speak to them on the phone and they would you know talk me talk some sense into me or talk to me about something completely different or let me talk to them about what was on my mind so and I think it's great to do both of that when you're in that situation when you are having a bit of a panic to know that there are different ways to cope with it even in the office as well having the team on board before the project started I sat all my team down and I said right I said what I'm going to be doing now for the next 18 months we thought it was a year to 18 months I said it's going to take me away from a lot you know a lot of what I do with you guys I won't be coming into the room as much I'll still come in because we with them um, my team here we've got front of house and we've also got our um, reaper graphics room and I used to go in there and you know just make sure that they were okay which I still did but I said I'm not going to be in here as much and this is going to be the reason why and I sometimes they wouldn't see me for days or I'd be you know I would be a passing ship but with their support that's what carried me through. And also the support of my bosses who are incredible. And also Alex and Beth, who are our heads of office, who were also very heavily involved in the project. So, yeah, getting by with friends, a few sleepless nights. I, I don't think I'm on my own in that. And I think it's very much talked about now and, and it's OK to to have those, you know, those moments. Um, and just to realise that actually, yeah, they are going to pass. Those moments will pass, you know, that, that it is it is a normal reaction to have, I think, part of accepting it. It's okay. It's going to pass. Part of helping me with that was what's the problem and how am I going to sort it? And sometimes that might be a phone call while I'm in between drying my hair and getting ready to, to one of the contractors or the project manager on, on site. I might be having a chat with one of my friends or something like that. Does that make sense? It's it's so true. And it, it takes me back to many projects you know be they office moves like internal shuffles or office moves with a full-blown fit out that I've done and you're right like we all have those sleepless nights and and even without that project on you know there are moments in in probably most people's jobs and roles but one of those roles I think anyway more than any other role I think where you wake up in the night and think have I done this have I done that and panic about an email you might have sent because you know it was last minute and you were stressed and you needed to get a comms out but you know there's so many things that I've woken up in the night on over the years in this role and I think that that comes as part of the very nature of the again the volume of responsibilities you have you're not just like you say the data input or the lawyer I'm sure lawyers wake up in the middle of the night and think oh have I have I done this enough you know taken it far enough or whatever but it, it's one focus area that most other people have in their their roles whereas within an office management remit you have tens if not hundreds of focus areas so when you chuck a project into the mix especially one that you know everybody is very emotionally connected to the workplace these days in that it needs to deliver a service rather than just be a destination and, and all these these sort of things. It, it needs to be a destination and deliver a service rather than be a, a place to turn up every day by habit. So the pressure was was well and truly on. And I think that is right. I'm dying to ask, though, Jackie, what were the couple of things or so that you, if you're allowed to share with us, that you had the ideas for and they were they were brought to fruition there yeah <laughs> so one of the things I'd seen in a, in a very very nice hotel in Birmingham was once you'd checked in to the hotel you got to the floor you got obviously got your pass um to get into your room but it also is a pass to get you through some certain doors these doors as you approach them 
they automatically opened because they had a sensor and I was like we've got to have that we've got to have that so that was one of the things that I want glass doors that, that open when you when you uh when you approach them we've got that I'm trying to think what else what else did I um a few good things that I'd put in in place oh so in the building we've got floors 11 and 12 and 20 so 11 and 12 are where our staff um predominantly sit but because the building's so tall it has two lift shafts so you can't get the normal lift from 11 to 12 you have to take the stairs so we knocked seven bells out of between 11 and 12 really to put our very posh and lovely staircase in which I can't wait for you to see I remember saying to my boss I said we're we're not a firm that will make somebody who cannot take the stairs go in the goods lift or go all the way down to the ground floor go all the way around to the other side of the building to get up to one floor so we had a lift put in um, and that was my idea I did all yeah, I was like right we've got to do this and before I even approached you know mentioned it to my boss about that I thought you know this is what we need I did a bit of research and called you know looked into what we needed and that's coming and that's actually you know we do have somebody that would need to use that all the time but also a lot of a lot of the PAs when they're carrying paperwork love it they love coming up, you know, and, and it's it's good because it's got the uh, the glass door. So you can see when people are going up and down and uh, where I've positioned myself initially since since we've moved in here. When uh, when the lift gets up to the 12th floor, it, it makes a little like it plays a little melody. So I just kind of like roll back in the chair and I can see who it is. I'm like, all right, how are you doing? And it's it's really nice. It's, it's actually been something that's been it's very very well used I didn't think it would be used as much but also there's there's a fun element to it as well because you can see people going down and and coming up so yeah it's the little things isn't it that uh (laughs) that amuse people (laughs) and it's and it's so important to highlight that bit on the paperwork as well because there's a health and safety element with that you know the manual handling risk of taking that upstairs and and so on so it's um it's really important to have it. There was also as well what we'd got a few of in our in our previous office was we'd got the um, electric desks, the sit stand desks, um, which are becoming ever more popular. Uh, so we'd got we'd got quite a few in the in the in the old office. But I said while we were planning this, I said I said I want every desk here to be electric, um, and they are they are we've got about 92 desks so obviously people have to book their desks and everything but but yeah we've got electric desks and also dual screens on every desk which is yeah it's it's, it's a must for people now I think I think now that they've got that if they don't have that it's like well I need two screens I do it myself okay you know, once you use two screens it's really difficult not to it is you become so much more productive you, yeah you really do become so much more productive I think with the two so Thank you for sharing that project. Have you got any tips off the back of that to share with people listening who are embarking on an office move or managing a project such as this one? Yeah, get lots of notebooks. Only use one notebook at a time. Take it everywhere with you. (laughs) Try and get a decent amount of sleep because obviously mentally that helps you anyway. It's not always easy, but to find different ways, whether that's having some lavender sprayed on your pillow at night, I've I've found that to be quite useful, and I I'd actually do that every night now. Ask other people about coping me- mechanisms. Get that get other people to share their coping mechanisms about how they relax. Um, make sure you take time for yourself. Throw your heart and soul into it because it's a it's a 
this project, you know, the 103 project has been probably one of the, really it has been the biggest one I've ever done and the most incredible one. And I have put my heart and soul into it. And every day when I come in now, I look around and I think, wow, we've we've created this. I was part of that. And it's, yeah, throw your heart and soul into it, work really hard. If there are, obviously you've got, like you mentioned before, but you still got the day to day, make sure you've got an amazing team behind you. Learn to delegate. Remember to check your emails on your mobile phone. Because <laughs> I was thinking, right, now we're not going to do it. And I did. I ended up, and I, and I was glad that I did, because otherwise you just don't keep up. You, and you get email blind, don't you? So, yeah, just trying to keep yourself as organized as you can be. Get yourself a decent pair of, uh, what to call them, the, the toenail boots. The, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the um, steel, steel toe cap boots. That's it, yeah. yeah. A decent pair of them because if you don't, they're going to rub you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want that when you're walking around the, around the, uh, around the site. Um, and yeah. just learn to enjoy it. If you get ideas in the middle of the night, write them down because you might not remember them in the morning and take time to check in with yourself and make sure that you are mentally okay. And another thing that I, I've, I do, and I have done it for a number of years now, once a month... I make sure that I have one day where I don't, I don't really, I don't do anything. So it might be whether that's, I just sit in the house with my cats and watch trash telly and I don't really speak to many people and I just mentally, mentally chill out. It's good for the soul, I always say, you know, recharging your own batteries. We're all, we all make sure that our phone batteries are charged, but we've got to make sure that our batteries are charged as well, because otherwise you can't be on, on top of your game. And actually, if things don't work out, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. No, it's not. You know, the, 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 the office is still going to go on if, if you think, oh, no, that was a bit of a mistake. It doesn't matter. It really isn't the end of the world and it can and things can change, things can be rectified. You know, we're already looking at even before everybody moved in, my um my boss and I walked around when, when everything was ready and we'd got like a few days before before the, you know, everybody was invited to, you know, the the open days to come and start working here officially. We walked around and we said, We know which bits we're gonna change first. Probably within six months to a year, we'll have swapped these round and we will have changed this bit. And it's having that that vision of future proofing and I think the more you change offices whether it might be just a desk in you know desks in the office or an actual office move you can see the changes that are you, you can foresee them can't you and and it's having that trying to have that vision but do you know what overall enjoy it that's the main thing be creative I, I mean I've said it before on this podcast I love an office move I absolutely love it whether it's an internal or an external I just think it's one of the best projects you can get involved in like you say be be it creative genes coming out and getting to know everybody and the nuances of the business and seeing visions and things come to life and meeting so many different people through the procurement processes and learning so much. I think it's a really great project to get your hands on in these roles. So thank you for sharing the tips. I spray my pillow every night with lavender now as well because it yeah. helps me sleep. So. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> So we met because of the West Midlands PA Awards. I was um, a judge on that one for Office Manager of the Year, which you entered for, you were nominated and you won, which, um, you know, huge congratulations again to you. It was so lovely to see you up on stage collecting your trophy and, and see you afterwards for a quick cheers. Um, so how was that experience for you and what has it been like since you won, Jackie? Oh, where do I start? I'll start from the beginning. So I got an email one day to say, you've been nominated. And I was like, what? 
I had no idea. And I didn't know really what was what the I'd heard about the awards, but I'd never really been involved in it or anything. I was like, wow, I've been nominated. And I was so pleased. And I went straight over to um the lady who nominated me, Julie. And um I was like, oh my gosh. I said, you know, thank you. And I gave her a big hug. And she'd previously been um involved in in the uh, the PA awards too so uh, we had a good chat about it and she said you know so I had to do a submission I had no idea what to put in this submission so at the time I couldn't talk about 103 because it was all under wraps it was very much you know we were mid-project there was a lot of things that I couldn't talk about so I thought okay I can't talk about that in depth but I can say that it's something that I'm involved in but what what we had done in the off the current office that we were in was we'd um, taken out about 60 desks, I think it was, and created two areas. One ended up being um, like a roof terrace. So we'd got a bar in there and I'd put up these lights uh, and things like that. Um, and also a rainforest, which was my favourite. During those projects, because those were ones that um, myself and the head of office, they were like, yep, yeah, that's what you can do. This is how much money you can spend. Go for it. So, so we did, you know, and it was fun and it, it was, it was a, it was a really fun part to the office. So whilst that was happening, I've been taking selfies because we've got some really funky wallpaper with some animals on it. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to talk about that. And I included the the photographs and things, the, the, the selfies. And I thought, I'm not sure whether this is what they want, you know, what you want, whether, and I just thought, they're either going to like this or they're going to look at this and go, what on earth is this? And I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose and this is what I'm doing. So I'm showing, you know, who I am or what, you know, and it was, yeah, it was fun. And then got the, then we, then we came to, to do the panel, which I was really, really excited about. I wasn't, I wasn't nervous because I thought, you know what, it's one thing to be nominated and, but it's another thing to get through to to the final. So it was, um, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to enjoy myself. And, I, you know, I was, I was so calm on the day. And I remember saying to, to my boss, I said, I'm just going to go and enjoy it because I haven't got anything to lose. And this is about me. They want to see me. It's not about a PowerPoint presentation. You know, it's not about how much I know about Excel or Word or that. It's about me. Um, and so I thought, hey, I can go and talk for 10 minutes. I can do that. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's obviously thanks to you as well, because you made me feel so at ease on the day. And it was just, it was, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I did. I, I did not expect on the evening to work out how it, uh, how it did. So I was utterly shocked and I was, I was on cloud nine for days. I went to Ibiza. I think I told you, didn't I? I was going, I was flying to Ibiza straight after the awards and um, I didn't sleep for 44 hours. And I think that was because of the adrenaline of winning of the award. It was just, yeah, incredible. And then I came back, I was getting loads of um, messages on LinkedIn and, and all of this because that just went, it, that just went crazy. LinkedIn and social media just went, I felt like a celebrity. I really did. <laughs> and when I came back, my desk had been decorated and, you know, everybody was was saying thank you, you know, like, not thank you, well, well done and, and all of that. And they still are now. It's bringing up a lot of new opportunities for me, which is which is brilliant, such as this. I'm so happy to be, be doing this podcast. It stopped me having that imposter syndrome as well. I thought, yeah, do you know what? I won. I've won. I've won. You know, it gives you that recognition that you don't always, lots of people always tell you that you deserve it, but you don't always think that you do yourself. So, uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. Yeah, it's really, it's lovely to see. And I'm glad you said that you weren't nervous because a lot of people are coming through nervous and it's never to me a good or a bad thing to be nervous. I think it can help your, um, help you sometimes with the adrenaline, but 
you absolutely didn't come across as nervous you came across actually in just that that manner that you presented there to me which was that you um were excited you were just going to share your story which is what you did I remember you talking about the rainforest and just just present the best of you and what you're passionate about which absolutely came across and yeah I mean it was it was a really tough competition in the sense of of all the finalists and all the nominations but you were for me and I think for the other judges on the panel a clear winner just just more than anything based on your passion and your knowledge of the role um you know and and it's only the second year that the the West Midlands PA Awards have had the office manager category and I've judged both years and it's it's so nice to see that because we've got our office management awards which have been going for a few years but it's nice to see that the the wider networks like and the regional networks such as the, the PA forum and other PA networks like strategic PA network are doing theirs and I'm a judge for their office manager of the year soon and it's nice to see that that broadening because it's been it, for years it's been very assistant focused and assistant led in in this space so it's absolutely key and it's great that assistants are nominating office managers and recognizing the value that that we bring because to me it is very especially with you where you've got such a big title of regional and estates manager two offices to look after hundreds of staff you know within that and you're managing people and things it's entirely different to an assistant role when you carve it out and you look at you look at them um you know and we know that the roles can be combined especially in smaller businesses but when you're looking at a business of your size it's a very different role to to what your pas your legal pas will be doing there so it absolutely needs its own platform and separate recognition and i'm really glad that that you you got that and i still can't quite believe when you said to me i'm going to ibiza in a few hours I was like, what <laughs> yeah. now i know you didn't sleep for a very long time so hopefully you caught up I did yeah I took the rest of the week off so I was like right you know because you you your day becomes your night when you're there so I have to yeah made sure I got plenty of rest and but it it, it came at a perfect time because we'd moved to 103 you know we'd been in a few months so everything was settled down so the you know the awards came at the at the perfect time they really really did <laughs> so um now can you share something from your office manager diary please are you won't believe it but moment Jackie so, uh, yeah, so I've had to think about this. There's uh, there's quite a few, but I've, I've decided, I've thought of a few and there's a bit of a theme. So um, when we were in our last office, we used to have to do our weekly fire bell test because all of the, there was like six floors and every every floor had their own um, fire bell. It was all obviously connected to the system, but we had to test our own. Each week we would have like four of my team go and stand by the doors and check that they opened when we when we tested the bell we used to silence our bell so that it didn't disturb anybody and then main office like the building one would be done separately so we've been doing this for weeks and weeks you know well months really so my team are doing that I'm sat at my desk and I'm thinking just typing away I'm thinking I can hear a fire bell going off but it's not happening on our floor and then I looked out the window and the way that the building was built the fire uh, escape I could I could see the fire escape. You could see like there's like windows and everything. And I'm thinking, why is everybody leaving the building apart from us? And I, I knew straight away. So I ran out. <laughs> I knew what had happened. So I ran out to where the fire panel was, and uh, my team were just standing there, like looking really shocked. And I think they looked a bit scared. I think they, they I think they thought that was going to tell them off. I was like, what happened? And they said, what they done is instead of pressing one of the fire um, call points, 
in our demise, they'd press the one in the communal area by the lift, which was for everybody. <laughs> so everybody was cleared out of the bu the building, uh, apart from us. And uh, they were looking at me really scared. And I just burst out laughing. And I was like, you know what? It's lunchtime. It's fine. At least we know what it is. I said, I'm going to go. And so I'm just going to call the building manager so he knows that it's us and he knows what's happened. And I said, you know what? Don't worry. It's lunchtime. It's not raining. At least the rest of the building will get their steps in for the day. And, uh, <laughs> so, and they can yeah. count that then as their annual test. So you kind exactly, of got them further yeah. ahead. <laughs> There's your evacuation drill for the year. You're welcome. <laughs> and then there was another time where we had a Christmas party um, at the Birmingham Council House, which is a fabulous venue. We'd had our meals. You know, we, we're all we're all dressed up to the nines. You know, I think we were doing black tie that year. Yeah, so we'd had our three-course dinner. People had been having wine. The bar was open. And then we opened the doors to where the dance floor was. We got a DJ. There were a few people on the dance floor. A few people, people were sitting, uh, you know, finishing off drinks or, you know, carrying on drinking and having a chat. And then the uh, the DJ set off the, um, the smoke machine. So that then sent us out of the building because one of the one of my team that I work with, we were on the dance floor together and she's like, oh, I just started laughing. I think that's that's another theme as well. Just laugh at it. You know, if you know, it's, if, you know, if you know what it is, just laugh. Sometimes you just have to laugh. And um, my teammate said, she's like, oh, no, now everybody's going to go home. And I was like, no, they won't. So don't worry. So the people that want to be here, I said, yeah, some people will go home because dinner's finished now and they'll be getting the trains. I said, but the people that want to be here will come back up. And they did. And the good thing about it was we had to stand outside for about 10 or 15 minutes. So people have been drinking and, and um, the air, you know what it's like when you have a few drinks inside and then you go outside and the air hits you. So everybody came in, was a little bit more drunk. So um, everybody was extra merry and the bar bill was about a grand less than what we, what we normally pay. And then the, fir the, the third thing, the third final, you'll never believe it, was um, when we secured 103 Colmore Row. It was a blank canvas. So we decided to uh, invite the staff or the 300 staff to 103 to see our space before we started putting all the all the all the work into it and all the you know building it basically so we went all out as much as we could considering there wasn't really much uh, uh electricity or anything so we got uh, a harpist we had like a big screen and and the uh, Alex and Beth our head of offices did a presentation we had canapes prosecco all that we had to do it in two um, sessions so the first session went fine the second session was going great and then guess what happened fire bell went off it was nothing to do with us but then everybody had to leave 20 flights of stairs 20 oh flights my. of stairs yeah yeah but welcome to the building yeah exactly yeah so um unfortunately for me we had a few people I'd already done the evacuation plans for people I knew who who would need one and I thought right you know you have to take this seriously so we'd got everything in place people knew where they had to go unfortunately I had to stay with them with the people up on the 20th floor and we were right by the canapes so you know <laughs> while everybody else was chirping chirping out we were there having the little canapes and we just took them back to the uh the office that we were in uh and, and carried on the party there but you know we always say this uh if there's not you know it's not she it's not a shoes miss party if there's not a fire uh fire drill <laughs> it, it, it definitely seems like that's your theme now doesn't it so yeah as you said <laughs> Well, I say it happens in three, so uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully you're done. <laughs> hopefully that's it. Yeah, and we've got the same DJ in the same place this year for our Christmas party, so he knows not to bring his smoke machine. <laughs> and and hopefully 
you've you've done an evacuation already there or you know you've got some plans that everybody knows what they're doing and your team don't have to hopefully test it and it's all down to the building in that new building and everything else so uh exactly it's all state-of-the-art here actually so yeah the latest artificial intelligence and all that jazz I, I would imagine if it's a new build so yeah brilliant. <laughs> what would you say have been some of your biggest challenges to tackle to date in your office management facilities management career and how did you overcome them um I'd say biggest challenges um would be time management getting everything done in the time and I think I've learned that sometimes you can't always do that and it's about I think to alleviate that I sometimes work late that's absolutely fine you know I think in 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 this role at this level you have to be prepared to put in the hours I'm lucky enough to that I'm not expected to do them and not get those hours back. So I know that if I'm working late, that's absolutely fine because I might go and have my hair done on the Friday afternoon. So it's important to make sure that you take that time back. Delegating is another good way to make sure that all of these to-do lists that you've got, you know, I write down my to-do list and I'll say, right, yeah, I've got this. And sometimes that to-do list is not on a little notepad. It's on a massive, great big whiteboard, which I had to do with 103 because I thought, right, if I don't, I've got so much going on. A whiteboard is actually really good sometimes because you've got that much going on. And if it's in one big sheet or, you know, on one big board, you can see everything. Whereas sometimes if you've got it on a notebook, in a notebook, you 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 forget about it, don't you? So I think, yeah, having that to-do list, in front of your face is actually really uh and you know i'm not the only one to do this my friend is you know addicted to her whiteboard and uh (laughs) and i think that really helps making sure that you you are delegating the right things to the right people and asking for help if you're not sure about something ask for that help yeah really important i think that that's an element in terms of confidence as well i think you you get as you go through your career the asking for help piece but also knowing what tools work for you and what doesn't like I've talked about it before I'm a huge to-do list person and the only thing that's ever made me come away from pen and paper is Microsoft to do which is essentially a notepad in an app that I can get on my phone and everything and it makes a ping and it still crosses it out when you finish the tasks and saves the tasks if you want to bring it back you can do recurring it's also but it's the only thing that's ever taken me away from pen and paper because I've always very much been that sort of person so you you have to understand what works for you because there are huge challenges and obstacles to overcome in these these roles so yeah with the asking for help I think I always used to think that people not necessarily myself but I think people sometimes think that if you if you're asking for help that's a negative thing but actually being able to ask for help is a real positive thing for you to be able to do because if you don't ask for help it's just going to it can be become all-encompassing you know, yeah. asking for help is a is a positive thing to be able to do. Yeah, it's overwhelming, isn't it? And and actually, sometimes when you ask for help and, and do the more what might seem more courageous thing to say, I'm struggling, you are putting yourself first. And if you don't do that, which leads us on to one of my, my other questions later on, but if you don't do that in these roles, especially, and, you know, we are yes people very much. And like you say, you don't yeah. delegate effectively. Yeah. Even if you don't have people that you manage, you can still delegate things effectively and push back and say no. And there's all sorts of ways and it's having the confidence to do that. So, yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah.
I'm back with another tip this week and this one is a popular one especially when it comes to us doing seminars and talking about it in the office manager course this is about saying no our roles as office managers we are the go-to person and it is very much a part of our job to be that go-to person to be that jack of all and master of some and to have everybody come to us as the source of knowledge in the company and as the source of knowledge in terms of resources and getting people the help that they need to let them get on and do the jobs that they need to do but sometimes that can be overwhelming sometimes it can add to our never-ending already never-ending to-do list and sometimes it really just isn't our job and it's something that people can do themselves or they can go to other people for it so if you're in a position where you're finding that you find it difficult to say no there are other ways to say it without actually even ever uttering the word no one of the ways is show them how to do it themselves so a classic example that i've got to share with you here is printers and although we don't tend to print that much anymore you might be in a law firm where printing is still very much a thing or in a research department where it's still very much a thing because people are creating pitch books and it might be that you actually encourage and ask all staff to change toners or deal with misfeeds themselves and you put the toners and the instructions right there on the printers but still you get the staff coming to you or messaging you saying that printer has misfed that printer's run out of ink can you change it i would go to that member of staff and very politely say oh, i would love to help you is it okay if i show you how to do it yourself because we ask everybody to do that in the company and you walk them through the process you show them where the guide is if you've got it near the printer or on the internet or whatever those kind of things you know again they might be struggling with expenses or whatever else it might be let me give you some time the investment will be worth it and i will show you how to do it for yourself and if you ever need any help you get stuck come to me or go to the other department or this particular person whoever should be better placed to deal with the support for them so that they can do it themselves take into account with that everybody's different learning styles so some people like to be shown how to do it some people like to actually do it themselves while you're walking them through it so almost ask them would you like me to show you how to do it or would you like me to talk you through how to do it and you do it whilst i'm talking you through it because some people like to learn by doing which is which is how i i best learn introduce them to the right contact email or walking them over to that person or transferring their call whatever it is doing an app message on slack whatever it is is the best approach to take here rather than just saying oh hannah gray does it over there take them over and say hey hannah so and so needs help with this is it okay if i leave them with you and you know say see you later fred or whatever it might be We've all had it where we've been on the phone to call centres and you get transferred from one department to the other and, you know, with Sky, let's say, I want to cancel my Sky Cinema because I want to save some money this month. So can I cancel and downgrade and get rid of Sky Cinema? So they then put you through to that department and then they'll say, you know, oh, how can I help you today? And you explain, oh, I need to cancel Sky Cinema. And they say, oh, well, actually, you're in the different department because you've got special offer. I'm going to put you through to someone else. And then they put you through and say, how can I help today, Miss Gray? And you say, for the third time, I would like to cancel this. And it's really frustrating when you have to go to somebody and you've explained what you need. And then the person on the phone doesn't help you transfer that message to the next person along. So you then have to explain yourself again and again. It's the same thing. So take them over. Do an introduction email and give them the information that you have received from the person that's coming to you for help so that they don't have to explain it again and they could just add to that narrative if they need to.
give them the resources proactively if possible or at the time to discover themselves how to do it so this might be things like wi-fi codes you know think about the common questions that you're asked in your office by people how can you proactively change that from being a question that people come to you for where you are furnishing them with the information up front you might do it for example at induction training you might do it by having notices around the office or wi-fi codes on tables or on the internet or you know on a, an faq's piece on your internet or on your slack group or whatever it might be you can get lots of autobot responses in offices and slack and things now as well that can answer those common questions for you so think about how you can turn the tables proactively it's really important to take them far enough to help them but not to do it and say that i can do it um potentially but it will be done on or by so if someone's asking you to do something and it's you know adding pressure it's not really your job to do it it's not really something that's part of your day to day but you still want to help particularly if they're a senior member of staff it might be a case of you saying yeah i'm absolutely happy to do it however i won't be able to get to it until this point this day this time is that okay for you and they then have the option to say oh no it's fine i need it done soon and that's why i'll take it away from and do it myself or ask someone else whatever else it might be if they put the pressure back on you in those instances you may have to rationalize to them as to why you don't have time and that you've got you don't need to go into great detail but these other things are really important and that will have to take priority so if they want you to do it this is the this is a time frame that you can commit to and you'll get to it sooner if you can I hope that helps on pushing back and saying no. What do you enjoy going from the challenges now to, yeah, what pulls you and keeps you in this role? You mentioned, we've mentioned already about, you know, having the same thing to do day in, day out is just not for you. So what do you enjoy the most about the office management position and why? As I said before, I like the fact that everything's different. Every day is a is a challenge. Uh, you just don't know what's what's going to what's going to happen. Like yesterday, for example, I'm uh, just about to meet somebody who'd come to 103, and then uh, I got a, a call saying um, there's a there's a leak, there's there's water dripping out of the ceiling. So I was like, right, okay. And that was at the same time that I was supposed to meet. So you've got to it's the multitasking and the running about and having all those plates to spin. I just really enjoy that and also making people happy and putting smiles on people's faces if if somebody wants something we're able to to do that you know we're able to make sure that that we can do that whatever way that might whether that is having you know the right coffee their favorite pick and mix finding out a parking space for them quite often it's the little things and I'm and I'm very lucky that at Shoesmiths they do allow the estates team to to do that you know our internal staff are our clients too that's a good way to to look at the people that you work with. They're our, you know, they're our clients, our internal clients. And I just like the fact that when everybody comes into the office, they have a smile on their face. And even if they haven't, by the time they've finished have a, having a conversation with me, they normally go away with a smile on their face, whether that's because I've given them what they want or just told them a really rubbish joke. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm tempted to hear a rubbish joke, I've got to say. <laughs> I can tell you one if you like. Go on. If you've got if you've got one ready, I, I, I can tell you a rubbish joke. How do you get Pikachu on a bus? Oh, I don't know. How do you get Pikachu on a bus? Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours then? <laughs> what did one dinner plate say to the other? I don't know. Dinner's on me. Uh... <laughs> It's it's my son's favourite joke. Yeah, it's it's like when he was really little, he's like, "Mum, do you know any jokes?" I was like, "Oh, I had to Google it because I'm really rubbish at remembering jokes." 
and um yeah it's, it's the one and only joke I can remember because we we often have it come up again mum what's that joke so there you are there's, there's a twist in the pod we didn't expect today it's funny because when you were saying about earlier about the fact that you'd um messaged your friends and they were um there for you there was a song that came to my mind because I think you said the lyrics from the song and I can't remember what it was now but it's it's um you've got a friend in me also I can't remember but it, it's one of those songs <laughs> so to finish on how do you ensure with everything we've talked about and you've you've talked about this a little bit already but let's expand on it how do you ensure that you balance everything you do within your personal and professional life we've got mental health awareness month around the corner now and this topic has come up so much in this podcast about the fact that office managers are constantly we've talked about it already today Jackie putting other people first not taking care of ourselves as a priority so how do you manage that and make time for you what I do is if I need to stay in the office late to work then I will do that but then when I go home I don't switch on my laptop I'll take my laptop home with me just in case something happens and I can't get into work or, you know, something big happens, then I've, I've got my, I've got my laptop to hand, but I don't switch it on. I leave it in my bag. Um, and I have that time to myself when I get home. I think that's why I enjoy coming into the office. I'm in the office a lot, a hundred percent of the time, really, because when I go home, that is my time. And mentally I can make the, you know, the, there is that distance between work sometimes it can be having a natter with a friend just about the day's events and you know it's good for to get kind of feedback from them or ideas and it they that kind of makes you feel better you know um if you get what I mean making time for friends and family especially of the weekend and also like I mentioned before you know having that one day a month where I don't do anything or it could be pottering around the house having a nice long bath, doing nothing, playing on playing a game on my phone all day or watching some rubbish on Netflix, you know, or just lying there fussing my cats. There's something that is just for me and not for anybody else. Um, I also relax by spending time with my uh, great nieces and nephews who are eight, five and one. So that just takes you completely out of the office and it makes you completely forget about it. And I actually, once I've spent, you know, when I've spent the weekend with them and other family members, I feel more invigorated, just as much, just as invigorated as I do when I have those kind of days off. So I think my balance is having a variety, doing the, you know, yeah, things at the weekend. Yeah. And holly squeeze them in and try and turn that phone off if you can. Yep. <laughs> if only I just, I just need to invent duplicating like a clone machine is the word I'm looking for not a duplicating machine and then we could all just duplicate ourselves just just for holidays pop our you know our clone into the office we go and switch off and then we put the clone back in a box somewhere so it doesn't go crazy but um yeah we need we need those don't we in these roles <laughs> yeah yeah but actually that's a good thing you mentioned about about um putting things in a box because sometimes if something's really bothering you, sometimes I'll go home and I'll go and stand in my garden and work will still be going round and round in my head. And I will mentally say to myself, put that in a box now, forget about it. You're home. Now's your time to relax. And I also, I, I do find myself telling myself that's, that's the day stuff. Forget about it now. Think about it when you wake up tomorrow and you'll get a clearer sometimes it's good to think about you know like I always say sleep on things sometimes you have to sleep on things don't you so it's about actually telling being being um 
quite strict with yourself sometimes actually as a coping mechanism too saying right stick that in a box till tomorrow forget about that put friends on the tv yeah. and just the, the the control of our minds is so powerful i actually gave some friends some advice at the start of the summer she was going away to see some family and all a bit sort of tricky as these things can be sometimes and very worried about seeing certain members and stuff that she'd not seen for a while and i said just put all of that expectation and that negative thought that you've got in a box pack it away because if it comes out you know it's you that's kind of brought it out so put it in a box if someone else brings it out fine deal with the situation then but you've got to try and pack all of that emotion away to get through this time and then you know come come back hopefully having had a a good and stress-free time catching up with family (laughs) so yeah it's really powerful to to use your mind as much as you can I think to visualize what you can and can't cope with and I have to do it sometimes you know I've had an awful lot going on this year and I have to say to myself you know especially if I'm going to sleep not now Hannah my my um my therapist actually gave me some really good advice which was you know don't let these thoughts get in your head and don't give them airtime at night because if someone brought you washing a basket of washing in the middle of the night and said do this would you do it you would say no so treat it in the same way where if any of these thoughts be it work be it you know personal stuff going on come to you at night you you visualize it and say no i'm i'm not giving this space right now i'm going to put it back in the basket and i'm going to do it tomorrow sort of thing so there are some powerful powerful tips we can we can use and also to remember that everything always looks a bit better in the morning so while something might be really bothering you things as well probably another tip is don't take things personally and sometimes you can go and be, you know, you can go, go home and be annoyed about something or, you know, feel, yeah, whatever it might be, you can guarantee it's not going to feel as bad the next morning. So it is really important to put it in that box because then it takes, sometimes you need to have your emotion taken out of things, don't you? And it's, yeah. I would agree. Well, Jackie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Office Manager Diaries. I've loved to chat to you and get to know you a lot better and hear your hear your stories and your your interests and insights there. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be invited. <laughs> and you'll have to come and visit the office soon. I absolutely will. As soon as I'm back in Birmingham, I'm coming. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by the Office Management Portal, our free online membership platform aimed at connecting, supporting and empowering office managers in a simple to use, all-in-one self-service resource. You can sign up right now at www.theofficemanagementportal.com and click the sign up button in the top right. If you want to upgrade your account to our premium membership at any time for unlimited downloadable templates and monthly expert masterclasses, use the code THEOMD for 25% off. That's the T-H-E-O-M-D for Office Manager Diaries for 25% off. Thank you for listening. <laughs>